passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now Corbin's got to get the Conquistador back in the ring and then throw him over the top still. Exactly. Oh, I like the mind games of Conquistador. Look at dance. Pretty awesome. Wow! What a German suplex! I thought he was Spanish. Another one! A trio of German suplexes! Are you kidding me? Corbin's eliminated! Conquistador! Conquistador is going to Saudi Arabia! Welcome to Rewind to Raw. I'm John Pollock here, alongside Waiting here at PostWrestling.com. Way, are you there, my man? I'm here. How are you? It feels like just a few hours ago we were chatting for a lengthy amount of time. It was. Just flies by. Yeah. You and I should just do multiple shows every day together. Why don't we just like, uh, like leave mics on ourselves and just record all 24 hours? What if you just moved in? Um, and then just like broadcasted it. Like we would just do, we do a big uh, promotion where you and I just put on uh, cameras and we just interact with each other every day. It'd be like, what? What do John and Way do? A day in the life of us. Wouldn't that be fun? I don't know. It's, it's my goal to oversaturate the market. So people are just sick of us. Well, I think we're getting there. I think uh, pretty much uh, now everybody it willingly volunteers, I think, um, all their time to, um, I don't know, their public image. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out what is what is the three-hour Raw version of us. When will we get there? Mm. It's the social experiment that we are attempting. But how, how have your last, uh, I don't know, eight hours been? Anything big happen? Uh, What'd you have for dinner? Um, uh, some Chinese food. I had a bowl of noodles earlier. Um, nice. Got a little bit of a nap in, and uh, yeah, just uh, also did some work. Oh, I'm so boring, John. I'm a. I'm such a. I've become such a boring person. I really. Oh, well, how are, how are we going to change that up? You need to do something oh, wild. God, I don't. Why know. don't you go? Uh, you know what? You do you want to hear this uh, crazy story? I was on Saturday. 
I was out for a walk. I was going to the grocery store. And at this major intersection, this guy pulls up on his bike to this other person. He gets off. And I'm like, eh, a little ways away, but enough that I can see this person. And he just has the look on his face. I got my music playing, so I'm not like, I can't hear anything. But I can just see this guy's eyes. I was like, those are angry eyes. And this guy, they these two just start going at it. And they're having this big brawl. And I'm like, I, I don't know, what, what what is my position here? Like, what am I... Am I kind of on duty to break this up? I mean, these guys are just going wild here. And they're both just going back and forth. So I just, I crossed the street. And I was like, I, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this. Hmm. And then I, and then they kept going for like a couple minutes here. He's like, this is very bizarre. It's like, when do you, street fight is very different than, you know, in MMA. You've got, you got a clock. You know when it's going to end. Street fight, it's very, it's like it could just go on and on and on. You never know when it's going to end. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say the street fight typically lasts less than an MMA fight. You know? See, I, I have, I have uh, for, for all the people that are being like, oh, you should, you should be breaking up this fight. I've got this issue now with breaking up fights because years and years ago, I, I was at a nightclub and these guys start brawling and I get into the middle and I, I, I get in between and I'm trying to break them up and I'm, I'm trying to like assist this guy to like get him to, away. And from behind, he blasts me in the head. It's like, man, I am, I am trying to be the good Samaritan here and, and help out. And I'm the dude get, gets hit in the head. So I don't know. I just don't feel, I don't feel the need to put myself into the middle of two strangers, not knowing what they, if they have a knife on them, it's like, it's not a, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, if I it think. was you way, it would absolutely help and get, get in between. But when it's, when I will be getting into the middle and turning my back to a stranger that I don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to react to me. I don't know. I just can't do it. No, I don't fault you. I don't fault I you. I don't, I don't feel, you know. These guys, they were, they were fine with one another. Were they bigger than you? Th- these were larger individuals. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would have needed help. I'm, I'm not yeah. Superman here, getting in between here. The, uh, these two, but it went on for a while, and they're, yeah. So what you're but saying anyway. is, you, you would have been completely useless in Las Vegas on Saturday. Oh, probably. Yeah, I don't know if I would have had the calming effect of Luke Rockhold or Daniel Cormier. Do you want to chat about that first? Sure. You watched UFC 229. I spoke about it on, on Saturday. You can listen to our post show. But uh, tell us first about your your UFC 229 viewing experience and yeah, how I just, you watched this. No, I, Again, not that exciting. I was, uh, I think it was like a big Ikea day or something. And then um, I uh, I got home in time and I found a, a, a way to watch it. And I caught the main event. Did and the pay-per-view fall out of the sky? Something like that. Oh, something like that. Interesting. Uh, anyway, I found a way to watch it, and I, I caught the main event um, before I went to bed, and uh, it was the most, uh, one of the more shocking moments I think I've ever seen in an MMA fight. Yeah, Were I you, don't even know. What, what was your immediate reaction as you're seeing the brawl start? Because I, I was very concerned. 
just seeing all the lead up to this and then you're just seeing chaos, I'm thinking this could end terribly. Yeah, I don't think my immediate reaction was that. My immediate reaction was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> you should have been calling this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Panic. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, honestly, like, I kind of had the same reaction as, like, you know, watching, like, a really crazy World Star video or maybe you seeing two guys brawl on the street. Like, It's kind of similar. Like, I am, I am totally jaded. Like, for the amount of fights I watch, when you see, like, a street fight, it's just different. It's just different when there's chaos involved. It's kind of it's cool. Until you stop, mm, to... I don't know if it's cool. Ah, I mean, well, it's it's exciting. Okay, maybe maybe that's uh, what I mean. But uh, that is until you know you start to think about maybe all the people that uh, and all the all the danger that that could exist and all the people that could actually get hurt. Which, to the UFC's credit, it seems that they mitigated that. As bad as this could have been, we haven't heard of any injuries uh, coming out of this. This didn't spill over into fans getting hurt that we're aware of. No, I don't it could have been a lot worse, and I'm not trying to downplay what happened on Saturday, but it could have been much worse. And you know, in in looking at all of this, because man, I, I've heard from all these people that are. It's, first of all, if you're just blaming one side or blaming the other side, I think you're being way too simple about this. I think it's very hard to look at this in a vacuum on Saturday night. Like this just happened out of nowhere. The the traces of this go back months and months uh, throughout the build up to this through i don't know like the the promo for this was the bus incident which mm-hmm. i still believe is like the lowest thing i have seen in in mixed martial arts like when when you and i we were there in new orleans during wrestlemania week when all of this is happening and i'm just thinking like this this is it for connor like how how can you possibly not throw the book at this guy and two nights later dana white's doing a whole 180 and it's it's so difficult that how how do you throw the book at Nurmagomedov now, knowing that that incident happened back in April? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I know some punishment is warranted for Nurmagomedov here, but I think a lot of it, too, is there's frustration amongst the fan base that Conor McGregor committed an act that, had you or I done that way, we'd be in prison. Yes. Like, what he did was just, like, a coordinated attack with a group of people storming an arena and attacking a bus full of fighters, of which people were injured, of which uh, fighters lost the ability to earn their living and fight that weekend. Um, horrendous. So yeah. that said, on Saturday night, you know, a lot of people got on me, think I was being like too light on Connor here. In that moment, on Saturday night, like you cannot argue that that was not perpetrated by Connor McGregor. Like, no, but he was, did take part. He took part, but to to what extent? Way he swung like, at thro- he swung at a, one of the cornermen. What would you expect if you if this brawl is starting and people are jumping into the cage? Like if a, if a fan ran into a ring, what would you expect the wrestler to do? So there was one angle that came out the, the following day where um, one cornerman was rushing into from the octagon into the outside to Nurmagomedov, and Connor was doing the same, and it looked like Connor swung at him first. I think in defense of like what these people are storming the cage. Like what what was his? He wasn't ex- storming the cage. That guy was actually leaving the cage. See, I looked at it. It looked as though people were entering the cage. There were people entering the cage, but there was also anyway. I 
I'm not, it, it, listen, there, there's fault you can put around. I, I don't put the guilt of this for that moment on Conor McGregor as this fight has just ended and this is all occurring. Now, that said, the Nevada Athletic Commission, they are they've reviewed this tape and they are including Conor in all of this. Conor has been paid his purse for Saturday. Uh, Habib has not. So they want to kind of expedite this process quickly. But what what do you think? That's the question in all of this. Like, what is what is a fair punishment for Nurmagomedov? Like, I just don't know how um, you punish this guy. And if you're the Nevada Commission, yes, you are not overseeing uh, in New York what Connor did, but you you gave this guy a license to fight on Saturday night. You had no problem with what this guy had done, and that didn't stop you from issuing a license from airing the promo videos all night long in that arena, glorifying this incident. So I, I find it kind of hypocritical that Nevada is now going to turn around knowing what this fight was brought on. And now you throw the book at Nurmagomedov. So I, I think fairness is kind of out the window here of what you're trying to look for, because it's been all thrown out of whack by, to me, the, the lack of punishment that Conor McGregor received earlier this year. Yeah, I think what would be fair is that he gets a fine. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, they might go as far as to say one of his cornermen can't, uh, come to the next fight or whoever is in, is in the UFC can't participate in the UFC anymore. Um, maybe they could afford all that. But, uh, I think if it, we're talking about fairness, I think Nurmagomedov gets to keep the belt and he gets to come back for another bigger payday. Cause that seems to be the routine. I think this, they will fight again. Yes. And I feel that this is going to be used like as, as much as people are upset now. Come the next time these guys fight, if they fight a year from now, everyone's going to be jacked up for this fight again. Yeah, of course. And they'll probably use all of this in the promo, and we're going to see it again. And, like, that's all the people that were upset about this. Like, you bought that fight on Saturday night when... Not me. Well, (laughs) you you put your foot down. But, I mean, and I don't exclude myself from this either. Like, this is not as though you just have this clear line. Like, this is... I was like horrified by that bus incident. And yet had I, I could just hide behind the fact that this is my job. I had to watch this on Saturday. If it was not my job, I would have bought that fight on Saturday. I would have watched it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people did reportedly over 2 million people bought this fight. So I, I think it's a very gray area of what you can, we, we can all condemn that bus incident, but yet it didn't turn people off from ordering this fight. And when you talk about what is the line, what what is the line you cross a fight promotion? And did Connor cross it? It's not up to the fighters to determine this. It's up to the public to determine what's the line. If you think something is so distasteful that you're not going to buy a fight, then that's the line. And it and they crossed it. And clearly, I the audience think, did not feel he crossed the line in promoting this fight. I don't think we crossed the line even with with this feud right here. Like I I kind of look at this from like the perspective of rap beef. Where anything goes, it's very much similar. You talk about each other's families. You talk about all, all this other stuff. And I don't think there was a real distaste for it until people died. You know, until two of the, the two best rappers of all time died. At that point, I think that's when the world said, okay, enough. This is when beef has gone too far. I don't sense MMA fans uh, feeling like that about Connor and, and, and Khabib yet. Well, there was Conor McGregor canceled his after party because there was thought to be a threat on his life. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the 
the level we're reaching at. You're you're they're certainly playing with fire. Yeah. But I think that you're probably right that I think Nevada they have to do something to save face here. But let's not forget that they just oversaw a fight that did a seventeen million dollar gate. And knowing that there is a likelihood these two will fight again, most likely in the state of Nevada, I don't think you're seeing Nurmagomedov get some insane punishment. Dana's throwing out that he thinks it would be fair for him to get a four to six month suspension and a $250,000 fine. And that to me would be in line with, with what I would expect mm-hmm. for Nurmagomedov to get. Mm-hmm. It's something. It's them saying we're not condoning this, but it's... I think it would be a much different situation if it was not a major star. If this was an undercard fight, you would never see these fighters again. And well, that's, that's just, that's reality. That's just how things are. Mm-hmm. And Connor, you can go off all of the throwing cans that injured people at a press conference, storming the cage in Bellator and shoving a referee. Like he is like the laundry list. And I think there's a growing frustration that this guy is untouchable. He can do anything. And there's not going to be any slap on the wrist even for him. Completely. Yeah. Look at John Jones. Same thing. So that was UFC 229. Did you have any other other thoughts? Uh, what about the actual fight itself? Oh, um, I I thought it was very entertaining. I thought Khabib looked amazing. And uh, I think a rematch will go very much the same way. I tend to believe the same thing. I think it'd be an exciting rematch. Um, I thought... I thought Khabib handedly won the first two rounds. I did give Connor the third round. It was close, mm-hmm. but I mean, I had Habib up significantly. I thought the second round was a 10 8, and he was, he was well on his way to a victory. But I, I think it'd be an, an enormous rematch, and partly in a lot in part because of the brawl afterwards. People gravitate towards that. Whether you like that or not, it's, I think the rematch would be even bigger. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, any other uh, any other things from over the weekend? I think we did shows on everything else this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, if, unless you had any news to get to. I mainly wanted to talk about UFC today. Oh, okay. But uh, there is some news we'll have throughout the, uh, the Raw recap uh, that we have. But we also have our Instagram contest way that we are going to announce the winner of, uh, at the end of the show, some great entries of people sending in their photos of how they will uh, listen to our shows. So looking forward to going through those, and we will select the winner who will be taking home the Creating the Mania book put out by ECW Press, and we will announce our new contest as we're going to give away another book with a contest that Way has concocted. Is that correct? Sure, yeah, why not? I, I Credit to me if this fails. What else is coming up this week? Well, we're going to be back Tuesday night. We've got Rewind to SmackDown coming your way, plus the double shot. I'm not sure what Way is going to be reviewing, but I'm going to chat about uh, last week's edition of Impact Wrestling and do a mini preview of Bound for Glory because that is this weekend. So that's going to be uh, my so- my end of the double shot. What do you have planned? Uh, I might watch Divas. I, I might not have time. I'm not really sure. It's just it's just a super busy week for me. But uh, I did catch some other things that I'll, I'll be talking about. I'll probably get a chance to catch the newest edition of Being the Elite that just came out. And uh, yeah, we'll see who, what else. On Thursday, we're going to have a new Up Next and Forever Young with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. And Davey also has an interview up on the site with AJ Kirsch chatting about his voiceover work and motion capture work on the WWE 2K19 video game, which is out uh, as you're listening to this on Tuesday. 
Also on Friday, we've got the return of Rewind Away with Espresso executive producer Michael King, who has selected the NXT Arrival event, the very first NXT special on the WWE Network from February of 2014. Saturday, new edition of Eggshells, where Chris, the voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, will be joined by his brother once again, Matt Charlton, to chat 2005. And then Sunday, Nate Milton returns to chat the Bound for Glory pay-per-view that Impact Wrestling is presenting on Sunday. Another pretty big week, I would say. Yes. Actually, so all this, of that... this, this is considered a quiet week, isn't it? Um, Compared to this, this past weekend was insanity. So this weekend is not as crazy. There are two Bellator events, but a, a, a largely more quiet weekend than this past one. So all of that can be found postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com. And uh, thank you to everyone that tuned in over the weekend to some of our shows. Ask Away, a loaded show, Super Showdown post show, and... What else did we do? The King of Pro Wrestling post show is up today after uh, today's show at Sumo Hall, which was a very eventful edition of uh, New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling event. Lots of news coming out of that show. So you can go listen to that right after this. But let's get into Raw. And today's show proudly brought to you by. Can, can, can you hear the, the rumbling in the back? The, the gasoline is in. I, I have pulled down the lever and the names are Mark Claire. Alan McKenzie and Ross Bentley, who are bringing us today's show. Some fine names right there. One man who came out to start Raw, a fine man named Triple H, decked out in his black leather. You know this man was upset. Barely had time to sip his water. And he was followed by Shawn Michaels, a very pissed off looking Shawn Michaels coming out to Sexy Boy. No dancing, no goofiness. This was serious Shawn Michaels. Hunter said that 25 years is a long time to climb a mountain. The two of them should be standing on top of the mountain because they made it to the summit of that mountain on the weekend. But the avalanche that fell on them after they made it to the top of the mountain leads them to ask the question, (laughs) if that mountain was a lie the whole time. Hunter the only lie was the person that told you this was a great analogy to start Raw off with. I didn't understand what he was talking about. Is The Undertaker a mountain that he scaled, that it took him 25 years to scale? That's that's pretty much what he means. I, I didn't know this. he was on this mission uh, for so many years to beat The Undertaker. I guess in hindsight, I'd realize, yeah, he lo- he's lost pretty much every match. Did uh, you know that Hunter's been trying to beat The Undertaker since before he even got into the WWF? For two years, I guess he was training to go to the WWF to prepare for The Undertaker. I guess so, yeah. He's also beaten the man in his in his illustrious yeah. history, but yeah. I guess he has short-term memory loss. But all of a sudden, that becomes the narrative. You know, Hunter, like, and that explains why last uh, on, on Saturday, Hunter, after the match, held his uh, head in his hands and started crying, doing, doing the whole, you know, big WrestleMania moment celebration as if he had just accomplished the biggest goal of his career. Uh, that's news to me. It's Maybe he was crying because he had vertigo from the height. Uh, yes, from the mountain. I get it. Yes, very nice. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it certainly wasn't lined out that way, I would say, in the in the feud, in the build, I mean. Um, and all of a sudden, I think, to bring it up like this, I find it a little bit tougher to believe. They showed a replay of the Super Showdown with highlights and the post-match attack by The Undertaker and Kane. And Hunter says that respect is a word that has lost its significance in the last little while takes a lot to earn their respect 
and he outlines the respect that him and Sean have for one another. And that respect is sticking to your word, even though everyone tells you not to, referring to Shawn Michaels' retirement. Michael says, you respect people for what they used to represent and used to be, and respect is no longer a two-way street. And he said it's a long flight home from Melbourne. And he thought about that beatdown on the flight home. And he thought about the last eight and a half years and how he was honoring his word out of respect. And that respect never existed at all. So when Sean got off the flight, Hunter, I guess getting off his own flight, came up to Sean and said, Are you ready? I would love to have seen this exclusive video of the, these two having a conversation, a casual conversation on a tarmac. And then he broke in, into the rest of the song. <laughs> Bow to the masses. <laughs> Pyro came out of the airplane. At least started rapping. I don't know where it was weird. <laughs> Hunter makes the challenge for Crown Jewel and asks Undertaker and Kane, are you ready? I guess they couldn't ask them this. They must not have been on the flight home. DX is ready. They live in hell. The, that's right. They just... Uh, Knox County. The people are cheering. Michaels has no respect when he says, if they're not down with it, they have two words for them. The crowd yells, yeah, suck his dick. Suck it. <laughs> and then these two tear off their shirts to reveal, of course, new DX merchandise for the big comeback. And their music plays. Hunter does the crotch chop. It's 1990. Well, it's not 1997. This is very much 2006 DX all over again. And yeah, yeah crowd, crowd got into this a lot. And it's, it's official. The tag match for Saudi Arabia. And we got a new shirt to really put the WWE confirmation on this comeback. Yes. Yet another reiteration of a, a DX reuniting. I think we had wondered, somebody asked yesterday if... Uh, they would be billing themselves as individuals or as a joint together DX. And it looks like that's what this will be. It'll be the Brothers of Destruction versus Degeneration X. Those two entities going at it. And uh, I think it's smart. You know, sell that t-shirt money. And then in that way, you um, save that Shawn Michaels singles match for another time. So that was the opening segment. That was the only time we would see these two, but they would revisit this opening segment throughout the show. This is the big thing. The announcers are just doing backflips. Sean's coming back. And then we you go know to Nirv our... You know Nirvana United or, or par partially reunited this past weekend? They did. Oh, which members? Uh, the surviving ones. In, okay. Uh, with uh, Pat Smear. And they had like a bunch of uh, guest stars sing a bunch of their songs. I think they were being inducted into some some type of thing. Did they have uh, a t-shirt made? Probably, yeah. But um, sometimes you just kind of listen to those songs when, like, these dudes are, like, 30 years removed. And it's just not quite the same. Um, that's kind of how this feels. Are you interested in this tag match? Does Deshaun come back? No. Not, uh, serve as enough of yes, a hook? Yes, no, definitely. I think, I think I, I'm very curious to see Shawn Michaels come back in, in eight-something years. But, um... I don't want to see it main event. I don't think it will main event. It's it's a pretty loaded show, actually. But I think in the middle of the card, it's a it's a it's a perfectly fine mid card uh, nostalgia act. Yeah, no problem with it at all. First match of the show is Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens. Michael Cole promotes that the thirty second consecutive Royal Rumble will take place at Chase Field in Phoenix, and tickets go on sale this week. 
So Bobby Lashley did an entire turn in between last week and this week, or Saturday and tonight. Yeah. So the setup here is... On the flight, he must have... He had a long flight, too, and he had to do a lot of thinking. I mean, that, that's, that's your ability to do some rapid changes after an international flight. Guys mm-hmm. have some, some real heart-to-heart discussions with their, their peers and inner monologue, and out came this character. Leo Rush is on the microphone throughout the match on the floor. He's just annoying everybody. And t- to their credit, I mean, they turned Lashley in seconds here. This crowd just turned on him, and they all got behind Kevin Owens. It was amazing. I think it, being in Chicago probably helps. Uh, it, it's probably a crowd that already very much wants to cheer Kevin Owens. But I, I think that act, you know, Lashley, I feel like it was just kind of like a blank slate. You don't feel anything for him, good or bad. But Leo Rush certainly comes across like a heel, uh, even when he, when he was trying very hard to be a babyface. Owens was teasing a dive, but then just scaled down to the floor. Leo distracts him and Lashley clotheslines him on the floor. Rush is just so annoying here. He tries to start a Lashley chant that gets booed out. Everyone's cheering for Owens. Went through a commercial break. The boos intensify as Rush tries to get this chant going again. Owens chases after Rush, catches him, but then Lashley attacks Owens, runs him into the steps. There's a spine buster to Owens. Huge pop when Owens kicks out of this vertical. And then Owens lands a stunner, getting a huge near fall. Owens climbs to the top. He's teasing a moonsault. But again, Rush distracts him. He's knocked down by Lashley, and he goes after Owens' knee. Hits a spinning slam off the shoulders, pins Owens, who is grabbing his knee, and then Lashley repeatedly wraps the knee around the post. And uh, I was told that this was uh, this was set up to write off Kevin Owens, who does need uh, knee surgery, but I'm told it's, he's not expected to be gone for that long. So it doesn't sound like it's major surgery, but that was the idea here. And it opened up the idea to just turn Lashley because apparently um, Lashley had been wanting to turn creative, wanted to turn him and they just finally did it here. Well, that's great. I always like the idea that, you know, uh, I'm going to get surgery on this body part. Let's injure it on camera. It's I'm going to need this. It's like I'm taking the car in. So let's just destroy it while I'm getting the work done. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is certainly a way better direction for this ta- a group. I really do wonder what those initial plans were for this act. You know, like really, was Leo Rush supposed to be a baby or heel that entire time? Um, I don't know, but I'm glad that they recognized it. I'm glad that the performers got what they asked for. I think it'll certainly help all of them. Do you, do you think uh, Owens continues as a baby face after his surgery? That was my question at the end of this, because... You know, when I was watching the match, it wasn't until like a half hour later that I heard about the the surgery that he needs. So I'm watching this and it was kind of it was odd given that Owens had that segment with Elias last week. Like you would think, man, they really got something here. Why did they put Owens in this role? Um, But then it made sense that, you know, he's getting written off for the time being. So when he comes back, I guess they. They'll have to decide, like, do we go back to Elias where they were showing some chemistry together or do we try and run with him as a baby face? My assumption would be he's just going to revert back to the heel character because you do eventually have Sammy coming back. You could pair him with Elias. But I I've always thought Kevin Owens does have a baby face run in him mm-hmm. at, at some time that they could go to. And it's not the worst idea to maybe give him a bit of a 
a, a refresh and he comes back in a babyface role because he got over very well here as a babyface without any tease of it ahead of time. I actually think he and Zayn could come back together as babyfaces. You know, that's that's not a bad idea. Um, but yeah, I'm sure they they might not even be all that sure yet. Kayla Braxton interviewed Finn Balor and Bailey. Team B and B. Mm-hmm. They stated Jinder and Alicia, who they're going to have a rematch tonight with from the Mixed Match Challenge, are not on the same page or even on the same planet. Whereas they are two peas in a pod, like Batman and Robin. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush interrupted, and Rush said that what they did was too sweet as Bailey was very upset that their interview time was getting cut for these two. Yeah. Balor and Lashley up next? Oh, as a program? Yeah. Uh, sure. Why not? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. They could do that. Elias is in the ring. He talked about John Cena, started singing and mocked his hair, brought up the accents of the Australians, and then he was insulting Chicago, and he rhymed disease with the Chicago Cubs not making it to the World Series. Lots of boos, and then he's interrupted by Ronda Rousey. They were just letting it just sink there for a while for the fans. Like, just just let this go. But I think that's going to be the goal every week. Let's try and recreate Seattle with this guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly going to be difficult. But I thought Chicago was uh, kind of playing their part here to try to replicate that that incredible reaction last week. But, That'll be the key. If the audience get into it and they know what they're supposed to do, yeah. that they're just going to boo the the sports team diss. Mm-hmm. So we had a rematch from the Super Showdown. A lot of questions left unanswered in Australia. So we had to get those answered tonight. Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins versus the Riot Squad. And we started off with a showdown between Brie Bella and Liv Morgan. And they were just staring daggers into each other's face. The hottest feud on Raw right now. And I guess not a feud they're going to be revisiting, given where Bree is headed. Yeah. So Bree gets slapped in the face. So she goes for a head kick, which Liv ducks. They brawl to the floor. They had to be separated. Ronda goes in with Logan. They clear the ring, go through a break. Then we had Ruby. She delivered an STO to Bree on the floor. They got the heat on her for a while. Bree then fights out of the corner, lands a missile drop kick to Ruby, and the hot tag is made to Ronda Rousey. She proceeds to hit the standing Kataguruma, which I understand in the video game does have a name. Uh, she goes for an arm breaker as the Bellas hold the others on the floor. Ruby taps immediately, and Ronda is celebrating with the Bellas, who then jump Ronda, and she is shocked by this. She can't believe these two have turned on her. Rousey throws Bree, and she just gives the, the look of death to Nikki. Throws Nikki. She goes to the floor, but then Bree runs Ronda into the post, pushing her from behind. Then she's thrown into the steps. They stand on top of a fallen Ronda Rousey in the ring. Lots of boos. And then uh, they drop the belt on her as they say, you suck to Ronda. And then Nikki knocks a fan sign away. That was great. Yeah, Just horrible. And the Bellas have turned. There there was it. How about they that? Two, two matches, two turns on this edition of Raw already. Very quick. Did you see the Bella's promo on WWE.com? After this? No, I didn't. Nikki said that everyone's talking about evolution, but just remember, it's a Bella-lution. Oh, okay. I don't know what 
how it works. They, the announcers were playing up how uh, at least the Riot Squad, the reason why they didn't like the Bellas was because they felt like the Bellas represented all the wrong things about this uh, women's revolution. I, I mean, I wonder if, if that might be sort of their angle. That, you know, hey, like all you guys talking shit about us, uh, we're not happy, maybe. I intentionally kicked her in the head. How about that? <laughs> Uh, but I thought the turn was was very done very successfully here. Uh, I think they hit it and teased it subtly for weeks very well. Uh, but even so, after all that teasing and and even knowing about the rumored main event of Evolution, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that they would do the turn because of I think the Bellas' uh, obligations for for the WWE doing so much PR for them, uh, and because of their reluctance, I feel to turn people that this audience te- tends to naturally dislike, people like Charlotte and Roman. So I wasn't 100% sure that this would be a traditional heel versus babyface and not just a babyface versus babyface feud. But I think heel versus babyface in this match between Nikki and Ronda is going to be that much better. Uh, I think the Bellas have been, it's been a while since they've been like uh, full on heels. And I think um, they will probably be a lot better uh, as heels. Yeah, I I think they had become very stale as these babyface characters. I think in particular Nikki, it'll be very good for her. I don't know about Brie. Maybe she'll she'll be great. Uh, we'll see. But I, I think especially for Nikki that this is a much better direction for her. Mm-hmm. And for the match, for Evolution. Like, I think just doing the mutual respect thing, that's not the kind of match it was going to work for, I don't think. Yeah. Team B&B took on Mahalisha. That's right. Huge rematch. Uh, B&B will be taking on uh, B&E, Braun and Ember, on Tuesday night's show. Something to look forward to. Balor and Bailey came out to Balor's entrance theme, and Bailey just did all of Balor's entrance, like mimicking him. So I imagine next week it'll be in reverse, where Balor will come out to Bailey's theme doing all of the stuff. Yeah, these two are really trying hard to like sell their friendship. They are best friends. Uh, almost to like an obnoxious level. Oh, it's there's there's more going on. Clearly, like th- these two, it's it's it seems very sexual. What? Yeah, there's definitely. I don't get that um, sense. They're definitely giving that vibe off that there there's more than just hugging going on between these two. B and B sent them to the floor. They go to a break. Corey Graves brought up what I thought was a great question. Why does every team start with team? Cole and Renee just laughed us off. Because they're teams. Like, yeah, it's very unoriginal that every single person's got this. But poor Graves got the Jonathan Coachman treatment. Balor got the hot tag. Fox broke up a cover. Then Bailey missed Fox. Knocks Sunil off the apron. Inziguri off the apron by Balor. He climbs up. Dude, this place went nuts as he hit the coup de gras for the win. Mm -hmm. Huge reaction by this crowd in Chicago for the coup de gras. Uh, yeah, and I would say the match in general, you know, I, I felt like the crowd really got into it, uh, just like they typically tend to do for these mixed match challenge matches. I mean, I didn't feel like this match was, um, uh, it was, it wasn't, didn't feel as spontaneous or as lucid as I think your typical mixed match challenge matches. I would say this was pretty much on the level. You didn't really get that much kind of, uh, what is it, Alicia Fox and, and Sunil Singh interaction on, in this one as you did compared to uh, last uh, uh, Tuesday's match. Um, but the crowd still certainly seemed to enjoy it. Is is Finn's finish going to be renamed after Saturday? The Khabib de Gras? Um, 
What do you mean? After the, oh, the doc his, Khabib did the thing, yeah. He did a double foot stomp <laughs> to the floor. Yeah, yeah. To a standing Dylan Danis. Mm-hmm. Strowman, Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre in the locker room. Dolph is delivering a pep talk. They know what they need to do. Drew says he's sick of Ziggler calling all the shots. Ziggler was the one who got beat on Saturday, so he should worry about pulling his own weight. Strowman tells both of them to shut up. They're here to watch his back, so he wins the universal title. And they're going to put the shield down for good tonight. No more excuses. But this was in Braun's voice, so it was more entertaining than I did, recapping it. Baron Corbin met with Heath Slater. Tonight there's going to be a global battle royal, and Heath wants to be part of it. Corbin says, that's fine. The only problem is, you're not that good. Ouch. Yeah. Which kind of was against the whole idea Baron had for this battle royal. Like, wouldn't Heath Slater have been a... The guy you would put in this match. Well, what he means, I guess, is that he's actually too good. Too good to be bad? Yeah. He said he's not any good. Well, he was being sarcastic. Oh. I think. Well, that led to the first ever global battle royal. Corbin came out. He said, Crown Jewel is going to be so historic. It's crazy. He explains the World Cup. It's going to be an eight-man tournament. Four from Raw, four from SmackDown. He's not allowed to just put himself into the tournament, so he's going to win Raw's Global Battle Royal. Quote, it's like the Avengers and Justice League combined forces when he referred to the participants of this match. Are you ready for this roll call way? Oh, yes. Representing Russia was Gregor the Sickle Vulcan from Egypt, the Sultan of Shawarma from Mexico, El hombre sin nombre, which got an, this guy got a huge reaction. Uh, I guess um big uh, Mexican contingent in Chicago. Stanislaus the Squeezer, representing Poland. Chile's own or Chile's own sea bass from Antarctica, Doctor Winston von Voorhees. <laughs> Belgian. Franz the Belgian waffle, Waffler from Belgium. The Conquistador, representing Spain. And Thunder Montgomery from Luxembourg, with Corbin representing the U.S. I thought Corey Graves was hysterical during some of these entrances. He had a one-liner for everybody. I thought Corey Graves was great during this match. I thought the writing team was pretty damn good for this. This... We know what they're good at. We know what they're good at. They're good at coming up with jobber names. Renee calls all these people clowns. The conquistador immediately goes to the floor and just sits there. Corbin is eliminating guys. It's down to him and Thunder Montgomery, and he eliminates him. The conquistador is on the floor, and he starts dancing, and it's hilarious because I think at least half of the people knew who it was, but that was the charming part of knowing who this was dancing like this. Comes in, ducks a clothesline, and starts hitting a German suplex, which Corey said, I thought he was Spanish. <laughs> that was a very good. Some of Corey Graves' best lines came in this match. The Conquistador starts doing jumping jacks and then hits an angle slam. And now 100% of the people know who it is. He clotheslines Corbin to the floor takes off the mask, and Kurt Angle. This was not a DDP dressed up as La Parca Pop, but this was still pretty great. And I thought this was a really fun segment. 
Yeah, I thought a total home run segment. Bravo! To like everybody. one of Kurt's better performances, I think this year. One of Baron Cor- maybe Baron Corbin's best moment of his career in this match. Uh, I thought a great way to also pay off, pay off Angle's absence. It, it it was great. So he is in the World Cup, and they also announced John Cena for this eight man tournament. They're going to be doing qualifying matches on SmackDown. They're doing. Randy Orton against Big Show and Jeff Hardy against Samoa Joe. Tuesday. Truth and Carmella did a promo for the Mixed Match Challenge. Truth thought they were facing Ric Flair, so Carmella had to correct him. AJ and Charlotte cut a promo. Phenomenal Flair is going to beat you. And AJ said, just so you know, it's AJ Styles and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, these uh, these back and forths weren't weren't very well organized. <laughs> Charlie interviewed Kurt Angle. All he said was, I'm technically still on vacation. Did you know that this was Kurt Angle's first match on Raw since January of 2006? If you can consider it a match, yeah, I guess. It was It was technically a match. Technically, sure. And he took on Shawn Michaels that night. Wow. What a tie-in to tonight. Ember Moon and Nia Jax had a match. I thought these two were best friends. So this means Angle's going to have a, a number of singles matches unless he gets eliminated round one. Yeah, he's going to do at least one. Wow. I think he's going to do more. I think he could, yeah, he'll probably do more matches. Uh, I I would expect at least two. Yeah, that's that to me is a big deal. It's as big of a deal as, uh, maybe not as big as Sean, but I, I, I still see Angle having a number of singles matches. Uh, as, as a yeah, big it looks ball. like they're loading this tournament up, like with yeah. big names. Like, I don't think you're going to have any, you know, weak names. Like, it seems like they're putting in... All the heavy hitters in this tournament. Well, unfortunately, it won't be Daniel Bryan because he's got that title match. But um, no. yeah, let's see what other combinations they come up with. Ember Moon and Nia. There's a drop kick that sends Jax to the floor. And Ember followed with a dive to the, take out Jax. But she stays on her feet. Jax then throws her and runs for a shoulder tackle. Misses Ember and crashes into the apron. And Ember just sneaks into the ring at the count of 10 and wins the match by count out. In three minutes, Nia gets into the ring. She's looking upset, but then she just hugs Ember and raises her arm. With the way this show was going, I was like half, really like 70% expecting somebody to turn on somebody. Yeah, this was, I I thought the same thing because they had really kind of uh, got you into that mode to just expect, don't trust anyone here. Right. Yeah. You know, for sort of a, a David Goliath match, I thought this was kind of cold, you know, but Ember did look very good when she did turn it up. Uh, I, I, though, I, I do see this as, as just sort of the, the beginning first chapter of what will probably be a longer rivalry between these two. Maybe these two at, at evolution. Yeah, perhaps. Um, sure. This week's Total Divas, this is one you've got to watch, Way. Okay. Paige is going to go on a blind date with Nia Jax's brother, Jack. Jack Jax? <laughs> no, I don't know what his name <laughs> is. That's coming up this week. Cracker, maybe. <laughs> that's pretty good Trish Stratus came out she was uh, announced ahead of time to promote evolution and she wants to talk about the moment of bliss she calls it a moment of BS and little miss brat Alexa is going to hear a moment of stratisfaction and then she's interrupted by Alexa and Mickey James coming out these are all very much like um, like Hallmark card um, type of lines aren't they Trish had a very soundbite-heavy promo. Yeah. 
like these one-liners. Mm-hmm. Alexa says nobody cares about a moment of stratisfaction other, other than these dullards. Trish says, that's really funny you'd call them dullards, given your math during last week's segment, which you came up short with. So I think Trish noticed the, the age discrepancy mm, last right. week. Yes, yeah. But I think she kind of backed up your point here that if I'm going to concede here, it was meant to be a screw-up by Alexa to set up this line. Though I don't think they were thinking that heavily in that promo. I think Trish just tried to make it logical. But then she says, that's not the only area you come up short in, is it, Alexa? And Alexa is not impressed with the latest short joke. Alexa says that she watched Trish in her prime she used to watch her all the time, went to see her, and now she can tell it to her face, you sucked, like really sucked, and you would have been an afterthought if I had been around, and you would have been living in my shadow. So Trish calls them into the ring, and they get in there. They enter. Mickey says the people don't deserve it here, and nothing good happens in Chicago, which was the closest reference we were going to get to the fact that Trish and Mickey had their WrestleMania match in this arena. Oh, that's what the reference was. Yes, I didn't I didn't get it. It was very subtle, and mm. I thought they were going to explain that, but they didn't. Trish says at Evolution she's gonna take care of bitness. <laughs> it's funny when you when you say it. It was funny when Trish said it too. <laughs> Mickey suggests, well, why not we team up at Evolution? Trish says that's a heck of an idea. I'm going to need a partner. She snapped her fingers. And just like that, poof, out came Lita. As though they knew. Click your heels three times and Lita shows up. This this challenge was going to be made and Trish was going to have a partner ready. It was amazing how this worked out. Really So was, yeah. Lita runs out. Alexa bails. They attack Mickey. Trish hits her with some kicks. Lita teases the moonsault, but Mickey rolls out to the ring. So it is a tag match. Trish Stratus and Lita versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. And I was told this was the plan that they were always going to be going towards this tag match. As strange as that sounds. Is that right? Because I thought uh, there was one, that one arena where they advertised. Uh, they did. They, they yeah. absolutely advertised this as a singles match. Well, I, I like this match better, actually. You but do? I do, actually. Yeah. I, I think the singles match was a more, it was more interesting. Well, I certainly uh, wouldn't, I think, have been looking forward to a Lita singles match uh, all that much. And I, I even for, for, you know, Alexa and Trish, I think having the the um, other people to rely on in there will, will ultimately make the match a better match. It, it could. Yeah, it, it might. And it's also, it may have been a case of all the, all the women that they want to get onto this show, they may have not had the time to do a separate, like Mickey and Lita having their own singles match. I, I also wonder about the status of Alexa's arm. Uh, from my understanding, she was, she's supposed to be going for an evaluation. And like, I, I don't think she's in any, um, there's no concern that she's not going to be able to do this show at the end of the month. Right. So, but, but maybe, anyway. maybe, you know, a tag match, you could at least protect her somewhat. They did an old style shield promo where they said they don't, they try to break them. But they don't break. They are a brotherhood. Braun and company are not the bad guys. They are the bad guys. And they are the one true constant. 
We are the hounds of justice. We are the shield. Yeah. A very nostalgic edition of Raw. I guess so. Yeah. This is the shield is now nostalgic when you're doing yeah. these promos. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable took on the Ascension. Connor got a promo asking if it was glorious when he beat both of them in the middle of the ring, and they're going to send them straight to the wasteland for good. And it appeared during this match that people were starting to start CM Punk chants, and then they got booed out yeah. attempting this. But this was the only real instance I noticed on the show. Did you hear any other Punk chants during the show? No. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think by this point, nah, seems like a thing of the past. They got the heat on Gable, eventually worked his way to tag Rude. There's a blockbuster delivered to Victor. Gable then pulls the rope down. Connor goes to the floor. Glorious DDT is stopped by Victor. Gable tags in. Rude looks annoyed at this as Gable just hits the chaos theory, pinning Victor in 418. And Rude was very frustrated with Chad Gable stealing the glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's been weeks and weeks of these two teams running in circles with each other, but it looks like we're finally now going to have at least some movement, uh, just even within Rude and Gable. Are there any teams that get along on this show? The Ascension. The, uh, the Constant, yes. And then, and then uh, AOP. You're right, yeah. So we have, we have two teams that seem to be on the same page with one another. Everyone else hates each other. AOP came out. They murdered Rude and Gable, hit them with the Super Collider. So... That's our program. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. After that week of putting AOP in that main event, that was kind of just a one-week thing, it seems like. Mm -hmm. But this is not the worst thing. These guys could... If these four got, you know, 10 minutes on a pay-per-view, I think it'd be a very good match. Potentially, yeah. They officially announced Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella for Evolution, and then they recapped Sean's announcement, and then we got some greatest hits of... DX and these were pretty much this was like none of the 97 98 stuff it was all that 2006 reunion period Mm -hmm. which I thought was ungodly unbearable in 2006 I am so glad we don't have to relive those raws when that that summer of 2006 watching DX who took up so much television time doing this stuff it was so painful it was terrible I know um I I think I would take like like 2000s WCW over that stuff. Like the the stuff they were showing here. It was like, my god, we watched this every week with these two. Paul Heyman came out. He announced that it was really ironic that Reigns and Strowman had to fly to Australia to kill each other, fly 20 hours back to do it all over again just for your entertainment. Because that's what we do in WWE, just to put smiles on your faces. Meanwhile, Brock Lesnar is not watching this promo because he's sleeping in his own bed. You thought we were boring way. Brock is home asleep at 10 o'clock on a Monday night. He is going to wake up in his own house, have a home-cooked meal. Then he's going to run one entire mile to the Death Clutch Gym in order to become the first concurrent champion in UFC and WWE. He makes fun of the Shield being part of a stable, Braun being part of a team with weak links. Brock doesn't say we, he says me. And then Corey, who I guess didn't realize his mic was hot, says, is Brock here tonight? Right over Heyman's promo. And then right at the end, 
Graves says, obviously not. And Cole just has to get in his line. Yeah, Paul said he was at home. The Graves line was. He could have said a whole lot worse. I I thought the same thing. I was like, of of things to say. A, it was something you would naturally say, even if you were on the air. You could. It's not the worst question to ask. But yeah, could have been way worse. What did you think of Heyman's promo? Nah, it was it was okay. Went kind of long for me. Brock doesn't Brock doesn't show up. Brock doesn't do any of this this wrestling crap. He just uh he just chills out. Main event, The Shield against Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. You could look at the time. You knew these guys were getting a lot of time, and they did. This match went about 22 minutes. In the beginning, The Shield sent Ziggler and Drew to the floor. They stared down Braun, and then Braun just yells at Ziggler and Drew like he's their upset father. Get your crap together. They go through one commercial. They went through two commercials. They had the advantage on Rollins. Then Braun's in. He starts screaming at Ziggler, grabs him by the throat, and then Drew gets into Braun's face. Rollins attacks Drew from behind, sends him onto Braun on the floor, tags in Dean. Dean hit a spinning neckbreaker to Drew. Drew comes off the turnbuckle, avoids dirty deeds. Finishing uh, sequence sees Braun catch Roman on the floor, run him into the post, and then he catches Dean, who turns that into a spinning DDT. Roman takes out Braun with a spear on the floor. Rollins clotheslines Ziggler to the floor, but then Dean turns around. He's hit with the Claymore kick. Drew McIntyre pins Dean Ambrose to end the match. I thought this was better than the Australia match. Significantly. Yeah, I thought so too. I don't know if it was just because, um, you know, like the Australia crowd obviously was a lot bigger, but this crowd sounded bigger. They sounded louder, or maybe it was just the match that that was better too, but I really enjoyed this. I thought this was an excellent TV match. The closing scene saw the shield in the ring, lamenting the loss. Dean walks to the floor, and he just goes to the back, leaving Reigns and Rollins looking puzzled in the ring, which I thought was a good way to go off the show, Mm kind of teasing something. This was a really good episode of Raw, I thought. This one went by very quick. You had a lot of news items throughout, and main event was really strong. I I thought the comedy of that battle royal was really well done. Like that was a really well structured segment with a great payoff at the end. You announced a bunch of stuff for your shows coming up, and I also didn't find it all that difficult promoting the Evolution pay per view and the Crown Jewel show at the same time. So all in all, I thought this was one of the better Raws in some time. I agree completely. I smell a, a, a plus something over seven, actually, tonight uh, from the board. So we'll see about that. But, yeah, I, you know, in, in some ways, this crown jewel show, and I think these these uh, people involved wanting all these old nostalgic acts being a part of it gives them a reason to have, uh, you know, uh, all everybody basically come back. Uh, and, and be part of the, these editions of Raw. So this particular show felt very much uh, st- stacked in terms of star power. I'm also very happy with the number of directions they're going with uh, heel and babyface turns that I think were much needed in Bobby Lashley and you know Nikki Bella finally executing that turn for uh, Evolution. But yeah, overall, really good episode of Raw, actually. I mean, if we're grading everything by a curve. And, you know, some bonus points here. Think of how exhausted this roster must have been, the ones coming back from Australia. Mm -hmm. And, like, those guys in that main event who come back 
and they have to go out, do the match again, and they put out a better version on Monday. So mm-hmm. I think that that should be a credit too. Um, this roster that is probably uh, totally wiped out from that flight this weekend. So yeah, overall very very positive. Uh, I thought episode of Raw. Let's find out. I think I think you're right, way. I think we're gonna get a seven to eight range for yeah. tonight's Raw. Seven point have... four. Seven point five. Okay. 7.38. So close. Mm-hmm. Jay from Colorado is our first piece of feedback. I wasn't looking forward to tonight's episode at all and was actually planning on fast forwarding through as much of it as I could, but I found myself watching a lot more than I planned to. It felt like a lot happened tonight, and I'm surprisingly looking forward to next week. The various heel face turns throughout the night felt like it's changing the landscape enough to make it interesting. Kurtz reveals the conquistador was a genuine surprise, and I rewatched it several times. Elias's line about seeing his hair got a hearty laugh from me, and I'm really digging Lashley and Rush as heels. It may be the tequila, but I'm giving tonight a solid 8 out of 10 from a hammered J in Colorado. They're in Colorado, so it could be anything. Matt from Georgia, I may be in the minority here, but this was one of the best Raws in quite a while, in my opinion. The Lashley Owens turn was great and a much needed change. The main event was a good match to continue the suspense and tease of the Ambrose tension. Finally, the, Be- the Bellas turn was well executed and got over with the crowd. Solid 8 out of 10. Also, is it just me or does McIntyre look more and more like a star each week? Hopefully he keeps being pushed beyond this current storyline. Oh yeah, he's he's the one that you can see being the big breakout heel that they have. You know, like he is the one getting all the wins and he is the one protected that I, I think... Ultimately, he's going to be ascending to that next level. Let's go to Carl in Cloverdale. Like the du- like the double turn with Lashley and Owens, my wife said that's the first time I've remotely given a shit about Bobby Lashley. I was looking forward to Bliss and Trish one-on-one. Bliss being hurt and Lita maybe not ready to work a singles, not the worst solution. I know the HBK return was settled on, but it was still disappointing. I was at Mania 26 in Arizona. I was proud of the guy for staying away. If he came back and did something that was more creatively fulfilling, like the AJ match last year, or literally anything else, I'd get it. And I know the money will be unreal. I can't fault him for it. But it's disappointing to see after all this time, he's lured back for a glorified Legends match and a paycheck. Well, I guess that's another question, considering that this you know, Saudi Arabia show is, is certainly financially a very different circumstance. Do we see Sean continue beyond this for a potential, maybe even in WrestleMania payday, that won't be as much? Um, I think it's all going to depend on how this match goes. And what his mindset is, I think the fact that he's doing one match makes it a lot easier to do a second match. Mm-hmm. Like, you've broken the step now, so there isn't that mental hurdle any longer. So why not? If, if, you're, if you're interested, if you want to do it, it's no longer this, um, th- this big justification you have to make in your mind. So I- I'm pretty optimistic that this is probably going to be more than a one-off. We go to Jeremy, who says, I actually came to Chicago to attend a music seminar from up-and-coming pop artist Carly and Martina. But after reading John- John's daily update about all the stars on Raw and surprises, it sold me to change my plans and go to Raw. I knew the night was off to a good start when walking to my seat, Kurt Angle passed me in the back hallway. First time in the Allstate Arena and it amazed me how old and small it was and that the wrestlers had to pass through the same area as the fans. Ronda Rousey had one of the most entertaining during had one of the most entertaining 
during commercial break segments as she literally did a full workout jumping around the ring and shadow boxing i'm not sure why natalia didn't come out during the beatdown but she did come out during the commercial break after it it was hilarious that during the commercial after the battle royal kurt angle match jojo announced baron corbin as still the raw general manager to enormous heat anyway thanks for the show guys and thanks to john for the update that led to an amazingly fun night (laughs) well there you go um you know that's one thing that you can say in WWE that they do leave those kind of gaps. Like Ronda's getting beaten down. It's a natural question. Where is her best friend? Whereas we watch today, evil's getting beaten down. And I remember thinking like, where is LIJ? And the second I thought that Naito does his run in to save, like that's just something that's usually covered for that. You don't typically get a lot of times in WWE. They're in the bathroom. It could, could be a logical reasoning for it. Yeah. Guillaume from Quebec City. I really enjoyed tonight's edition of Raw. Ronda selling on the Bella's attack was great. The Kurt Angle reveal was well made. The decision to turn Lashley was the right one, and the main event was a good match with an interesting ending. Do you think that Kevin Owens could have a run as a babyface, and do you think he could be great in that role? I think he could be great in that role if they choose to do that. The problem is being a babyface on Raw is tough because you are going to be slotted behind the shield. And I think, I think it's a tough spot to be in. I don't see him being a top end baby face on raw. And that's why I think just for upward mobility, it's a lot easier to be a heel on raw because you have, well, you may not, you may have one less of those shield members by the time Owens is ready to return. If you are going to turn Dean in the next little while. I could also see if it is like him and uh, uh, Zane, them coming in to do like a babyface tag team type of thing. Okay, we go to Jake from Chicago who says maybe the next time Undertaker shows up on Raw, DX should take over the truck and troll the hell out of Taker and Kane. Oh yeah, like they used to do, yes. Chris from Australia. I just wanted to let you guys know about the atrocious media coverage that was in Melbourne's major newspaper on Sunday. No mention of Billy, Peyton, or Buddy. However, not only did they state that Randy Orton appeared, but also the following about Ronda Rousey. Quote, Blinking, you may have missed it, but the former UFC champion redeemed herself during a six-woman tag team match where she she won the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was going to say that she won the women's title. She's like, okay, they screwed up. Uh, That's... That's not good. In regards to the upcoming crown jewel, after having witnessed the terrible main event of Super Showdown, I never want any of these four guys to wrestle again, let alone main event. Bring on Evolution. The pay-per-view, that is. Matt in the 604, I was at a house show last Sunday, and the guy in front of me is certain that Seth is going to turn again, and this entire Dean Angle is a swerve. Any thoughts, or is Seth too babyface to turn again? I don't want to see Seth turn. No. I think he's. it's been so hard to cultivate baby faces in this company that Seth has done it this year mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. I would hate to see them just throw that away because you have something fresh in a Dean heel turn. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see them doing it. I hope and they don't. Finally, Brandon from New Jersey, my dearest OVOs. Hello again. It's me just checking in first and foremost. Congratulations, John for signing with KSW. Now we know what you really have been doing in the post office. What I'm really here to say is this Raw was fun to watch. 
Did Vince get left behind in Australia or something? They really knocked this show out of the park. From Geriatrication X to the Conquistador, a.k.a. Kurt Angle, to the Bellas finally turning on Ronda, this show had a lot of meat on the bone to gnaw at. I'll be brief. They are really emphasizing this World Cup. Very interested who else is in it. Every week, Drake Maverick gear morphs into something better and better, but with the same AOP fatigue motifs. Ever notice that Leo Rush sounds like the guy from Cameo? I do. I'm out of here. Peace. Awesome. Stream um, of consciousness, yeah. Brandon from New Jersey. Guy from Cameo. I don't. I don't know. Let's take his word for it. Okay. What about this headline in the uh, Australian paper? Gee, it's a smash. Uh, Superstars lift roof at Footy's home. That's like a whole different language. I don't speak that. Is this the earliest we've ever done a raw review? Like finished a raw review? The earliest? Like the shortest amount of time. Wait, we're at like well over an hour. Yeah, this feels like it's less than typical. Well, we still have a contest to go through, so oh, okay. let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. People okay. want compact. They want they want to just get to the hits. I have no issue at all. Yeah. All right. Well, our Instagram contest we put out last week for you to tag us at Post Wrestling Official. You have to be following us and send us a selfie of you listening to our shows. And I've got all of them in front of them here. Uh, did you isolate your winner way? How do you want to do this? Um, I want to know if you have a choice, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think I defer to you. And all if right, you need well, my help, I, I will provide it. Well, let's let's look at some of these here. We have one. By the way, everybody, we're at Instagram.com slash Post Wrestling Official. If you're doing this via, via desktop, otherwise, it's just at Post Wrestling Official on Instagram. Now, I can't see the name here on the collage of uh, a female listener listening with a baby. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, okay. Let, let me let me see if the name is, shows up. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm gonna go through these. We've got uh, Puderesu Drifter. More often than not, I listen to Post Wrestling Official when I'm getting seated and ready at the legendary Core Q and Hall. So that's cool. That's really cool. A Japanese uh, submission. Next one's from Andrew Ramek. Listen to Post Wrestling Official at the gym after finishing my night shift at. Suncor. Instead of doing a 12-hour shift, I did 10 and got back to the gym. So we have one in the gym. We've got one here of someone who was at the Super Showdown. Literally at the MCG. Yeah, listening to us. I'm scanning through here. <laughs> ironing ironing my ass off and listening to Post Wrestling Official. Uh, let me go through the next one. We got... Sean here, who listen, who's listening with uh, his live audio wrestling uh, shirt, as well as his Tim Hortons sleeve. Uh, we have Hallstar84, who's designing the Friday edition of the Times Tribune, his local, his local newspaper, while he listens to us. We have Damn. Shane, who we met that one year at WrestleMania, who listens to us as she grades math quizzes. Oh my goodness. Um we have JG Pro Wrestling, who listens to us as he's training for his fourth marathon. Oh, wow. Benny is listening to us. He, okay, this one I don't condone <laughs> at all, okay? But he did listen to us and snapped a photo as he was in, like, on the border between Canada and the U.S. So he timed this perfectly while the car Damn. was in motion. 
Um. Anyway, just to, oh, okay. We I also have commuting quite, to. You go ahead. Well, we also have quite frankly who is listening to Post Wrestling Official while patiently waiting for <laughs> Wendy Styles to answer the door as oh he stands God. in front of a mailbox with the letters Styles. That's really good. On. That's really good. I like that one a lot. Okay. Any other highlights from you? Um, I'm just looking here. Um, Callum Leslie. Callum Leslie. Yeah. He he listens to us as he falls falls uh, to sleep. Probably. Our most progressive listener. Yeah, it's probably just to rest that voice. He likes to yeah. listen. Uh, our, our friend Felipe. Our man, Felipe from Chile. Yeah. Uh, he's just listening. Um, another person driving their car and doing it with a timer so it's safer. Yeah, we we applaud smart. safety. Very smart. Um, Anthony St. James. You can read what he does while he... <laughs> Listening to post-wrestling official while making meth. <laughs> well, whatever pays the bills. Uh, guy yeah. here working at, at his office in Regina. That's a uh, B-Van <laughs> Boy Chuck. Aaron Xavier was listening to us as I was telling him not to take a photo while he was driving. So uh, he made a mistake there. Oh, God, there's more here. Man, we got a lot of entries here. Should we go with the one that got the most likes, or is that too much of a cop-out for us? Uh, that's not fair, I don't think, because people okay. get them late, right? I thought Steve Jessome was Seamus. Oh, uh, uh, Steve Jessome. Yeah, he looks just like him. Like a, just the a machinist. resemblance. Yeah, the machinist. Yeah. All right. Oh, look at this one. We also have uh, a fan, late-night TV host, TV show host. Outside Yakima, Washington, uh, with a Supersonics reference. Yes, that's right. All wow, right. very nice. Thank you guys for taking. Man, all that there's out. some good ones here. Uh, we can only pick one. Wow, you pick, John. The winner receives a copy of Creating the Mania from ECW Press. Maybe we'll throw in some stickers in there. All right. Well, the meth head probably can't have time to read a book. So I'm not going to give it to him. I really like the styles mailbox one. I think that one's really clever. How about I get it down to three and then you're going to make the, the, the final pick. Well, if you're going to pick him, then I'll probably pick him. Cause he was my choice. Is he your choice? If yes. you and I are both picking him, yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, the one with it, with the baby. I mean, I, I sympathize there, but I don't know how you'd have any time to read a book. It's very difficult. True. Yeah. Um, audio book. Maybe. Maybe, maybe the book on tape is your man. There were some great ones here. Let's go with the Styles mailbox. We both liked it. I thought very clever. I laughed when I saw that photo. So all right. So quite frankly, quite underscore frankly, forty four will be sending Wendy Styles a copy of Creating the Mania, courtesy of ECW Press, and you can pick it up right from her mailbox. All right. So next week, we're or this coming week, we're going to do another contest for another book of Creating the Mania by John Robinson. Uh, courtesy of ECW Press, who has sent us a few of these books to give out. Which contest do you want to do this week, Way? What do you think? What do you think? We get we can choose between Facebook or Instagram. We're gonna, or sorry, Facebook or Twitter. We're gonna jump between the uh, the uh, con- the what is it? Social media platforms. Let's do. Let's do a Facebook one. Okay. You have an idea. Oh, we we didn't come up with an idea for this one. We do have an idea for Twitter, though, don't we? 
We do, but what do people do on Facebook? Post on walls, get hacked, lose your private information. <laughs> um, okay. How about this? Um, oh, you know what, though? We didn't even check if, quite frankly, follows us. Oh. Could be. Could uh, be a DQ here. Well, let's Light look it up. Underscore frankly 44. Frankie is his name. Let's see. Of the 772 people following, who is he following? Um, He does follow. Yeah, he oh, does follow. All right, well, you, 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 you lucked out this You time. passed the test. You, you passed out this time. Well, good for you. Thanks. Thank you. Congrats, Frankie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> is this entertaining? Is it, are, How many people are still sticking around here for all this? All righty. What, what should we do with Facebook? Let's look at our Facebook page, okay? Facebook. Is it too ambitious to ask people to send in a video, or is that, is that too much work? I mean, no, I don't, I don't think so. The problem is, like, I don't like Facebook pages at all. Like, how do you even go to see somebody post a video? Like, like I mean, I mean our, like, uh, Facebook.com slash post wrestling. Yeah, I understand. You know, like, what could people do here? Maybe under like uh, recommendations. You can you check in or something? Like, can you like? Um... Facebook has done a number. What I, I I don't even have like. Let Let's revisit the Facebook one. Let's do the Twitter idea that you had. Um. Okay. I feel like there's got to be so much more to do on Facebook, though. You know, like. I feel like it's it's still very relevant, but like I'm still trying to figure it out. Why don't you guys, yeah, give us a week, give us your suggestions. What can we do on Facebook? In the meantime, let's go to I think the place where we might have the biggest following thus far, and that's Twitter, 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 the place that we all love. Uh, this ch- week's challenge for a copy of Creating the Mania from ECW Press and maybe some post wrestling uh, goodies to go along with it. Uh, you need to tweet at post wrestling, just at post wrestling, not at post wrestling official, but just tweet at post wrestling a haiku. A haiku? Yes, not the uh, father of the uh, gorillas of destiny, but um, I'm talking about the traditional Japanese poem where there are only three lines totaling 17 syllables. Okay, remember this, everybody. Three lines, 17 syllables. That first line is five syllables. The second line is seven syllables. And the third line is five syllables. So, let me let me dig up a, a sample sample here. Um, we should also include a hashtag so we can find all these next week. Oh, good call. Good call. Okay, what's the hashtag? Hashtag post haiku. Post haiku, P O S T H A I K U. Post haiku. Okay. All right. Here's a sample. In the twilight rain, these brilliant hued hibiscus, a lovely sunset. Light of the moon moves west, flowers, shadows, creep eastward. He- oh, snail. Climb Mount Fuji, but slowly, slowly, trusting the Buddha 
good and bad, I bid farewell to the departing year. So if you can uh, make us cry, if you can make us laugh. I feel like Triple H after climbing a mountain. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we want these to be wrestling-themed. You know, they could be about anything to do with uh, post-wrestling or wrestling in itself. Make them funny. Have fun with this, everybody. Remember, 575. Yes, and over the next week, we will figure out how to use Facebook. But in the meantime, you you are more than welcome to go to facebook.com slash postwrestling and take a look. I, yeah. I feel we should we should use Facebook a little bit more. I just don't know how. Um, There's yeah. so much you can do on it. We used it's to just, pri- it's, it's too much. We used to primarily use use Facebook. I like know. That, that used to be our message board. So uh, let me just say hello. Uh, let me just write hello. Hi, Facebook. Sup? I just posted a message. You know what? You can check in, right? Let me see. Yeah. Can I check in? Oh, no, I can check into other places. I can't check into podcasts, can I? Okay, anyway, we'll save this discussion for afterwards. But anyway, yeah, so this week we'll be doing the haiku. We'll announce the winner next week. And as always, please follow at Post Wrestling. We will double check. All right, I think that's it. We're going to be back on Tuesday with Rewind to SmackDown, plus the double shot if you are a cafe member. And yes, lots of uh, bonus shows this week. We've got the double shot. We've got Rewind Away. So check all of that great stuff out. And yes, go to postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com, and facebook.com slash postwrestling. Go check in and say hi to Way.